Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. So I'm so excited about today's episode because we're diving into part two of how to figure out if you're ready to have kids. And I'm here with my best friend, Kelsey Bennett. Now, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, make sure you go and listen to that one first. It's Girls' Night episode number 141. Kelsey and I had so much to say on this topic that we had to divide the episode into two parts. So make sure you go listen to part one first. Today in part two, we're diving even deeper into some of the fears and questions and doubts that come with deciding if you wanna have kids. We're talking through questions like, how do you actually know when you're ready to start trying to have a baby? Can you ever be truly ready? What variables should we be looking at when trying to figure out when the right time is to get pregnant? Does your life really end when you have kids? Don't people say that? They say it all the time. And then how does God's timing play into all this? Like I said last week, this is a huge decision and thankfully it's not one we need to make by ourselves. I am so grateful that I had women like Kelsey in my corner to help me process through all of my thoughts and feelings and questions, and I am so honored to get to open up this conversation here too. But before we dive in, I wanted to make sure you've had a chance to check out my newest prayer journal. It's called Between Places, 100 Days to Trusting God When You Don't Know What's Next. This is a prayer journal I actually wrote as Carl and I were in the process of trying to get pregnant through IVF, and I love this journal because it's a powerful, practical way for us to connect with God in times when our future feels really uncertain. Through 100 guided prayer prompts, the Between Places will help you trust God with the trickiest, most uncertain, and most important parts of your life. It'll help you believe more fully than ever that God is good, that He loves you, and that He's taking care of you. It'll help you live today with more contentment, step into the future with more courage and faith, and rest in God's peace knowing that He's with you every step of the way. If you'd like to order a copy of your own, all you have to do is head to my website. You can find it by going to stephaniemaywilson.com and that link will also be in our show notes. Okay, you guys ready? Let's hop into part two with Kelsey. Well, okay, so I wanna talk about that, like getting ready logistically. What are some things that like, (laughs) and I mean, you guys, you guys were ready, but also you weren't ready all at the same time. But like, yeah, what are some things that that people should be doing to get ready? What does that look like? Yeah, so I mean, I think, again, like we've already said, I think just like praying about it and that God prepares your heart. Because in my opinion, I almost feel like what's more important is being like emotionally, spiritually, like mentally prepared versus like the physical stuff. And not to say that all that stuff isn't important, but I just really feel like God like maneuvers like money, time, abilities, jobs, like in so many ways to like make it work when the timing's right. If that makes sense. Like, cause I really think like we were like, you know, there's no like specific dollar amount that's going to be like, okay, that's when you're ready to have a baby. And so I think for like Tyler and I, it was like, we actually were really ready to have kids. I do actually think we were like emotionally and like spiritually and all of that, like ready to have kids. I just think we were like, we're going to go with like X timing so that we could have more time married. I think that was like, for us was like, we would feel better if we had been married like a couple of years. So we had time for us. But I really feel like God was like, 
nope, like now's the time, you know, like we, we were like set up in the sense of like, you know, we had like a room in our house or like, I don't know, honestly, you need like a shoe box for a baby. So like, yeah. <laughs> do you have an empty shoe box? Yes. You're prepared. I'm just <laughs> but um, but okay, like dresser drawers, like, my parents definitely put me in dresser drawers. At, like, oh, absolutely. Like, that, yeah, for sure. Did that happen? But it's like, I guess I would say like, things get like shifted in the sense of like, you know, my job had like needed to shift for us to make our family work. Like things, things are changeable. Like nothing is fixed in the sense of like, you know, you're going to have this job 100% for the rest of your life. Like we don't know a lot of that stuff, but it's like, if you are like, if, if God has prepared you, then you are ready. And so I think honestly, like the biggest thing is just praying like, God, am I ready? And like, I, I don't know, you know, like it's so ambiguous and I'm sorry to be even more ambiguous, but it's just like, I think the preparing comes with a lot of the like emotional, spiritual stuff versus like, yeah, like, I, I, like you said, you know, with maybe like getting out of debt or things like that, there's some, there's some real things that maybe you and your spouse have like a goal towards, but that can be like, I, I, I think a lot of that stuff is adjustable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We, I I used to feel like I would have thought about the logistical stuff a lot more, I think, um, except for another like really good friend of mine. They're amazing. And just, we look up to them so much when they were having their first baby, like, and they're so like, I just, they just have their lives together. So well, it just, they're amazing. But when they had their first baby, they had been, they had bought a house and it was going to be, it was a new house in like a new development, but the house wasn't done yet. And Mm. so when they had, they're totally the people who would have a nursery, like completely done and baby proofed and all the things like well in advance. But when they had their first baby, they did not have a house. And so they brought that baby home to her parents' house and they lived like in her parents' house for the first month and a half. So they didn't even have a nursery. They didn't even have a house when their baby was born. And I, getting to see that was really helpful because one, getting to go to your mom's house when you have a baby is awesome. Like that's actually best case scenario to have as yeah. many adults around as possible <laughs> to help extra you. Help. They're great. <laughs> yes. Yes. But like, then they moved in and it was fine. Like it, it just, it, it was, it was the shoebox thing. It's like, you actually yeah, don't like, need. The baby a... had no idea that the beautiful wallpaper wasn't ready. Yes. Like <laughs> Don't care. Don't care. Yeah. And, and like, so a lot of those logistical things, you know, one of the things I was pretty concerned about, like making sure we had all the right stuff and like making sure our registry was all exactly perfect. But like, I cannot tell you how many things I like Amazon purchased in the middle of the night for the first month of the girls' lives because there were things that I didn't even know that we needed. Like an example is we bought some newborn clothes for them, but they were born at 37 weeks and they're twins. And so they were pretty small and newborn clothes were like swimming. They were swimming in them. And so we like Amazon overnighted uh, some preemie clothes and we had no idea that we were going to need those. So it's like, and they were there the next morning. Exactly. You know, you can count on Amazon. (laughs) And so there are just a lot of things like that, that you just don't totally know that you're going to need and, and that actually you don't need. And things like that. And I feel like, I, I feel like a huge portion of people, it's like finances. Do you know what I mean? It's not necessarily the house or the job, or if it is, it's the financial aspect of not having the house or not having the job yeah. or not having enough money. It's just like, that is part of it. And, um, I, Tyler and I 
often ask each other this question is when, when is it enough? When is, when is that amount of money enough? What, what amount will be enough? And I think the hard part is that it almost will never be enough because that we, if we're living with that mindset of like, like we are not, we are like, we have to be at X point, like whatever. And there's, I think God absolutely cares that we are like good stewards of money. I'm not telling you to make irresponsible, like financial decisions. But what I am saying is as far as like what a baby needs, it's either like something to eat. So whether that's breast milk or formula, They need like a blanket if they don't have the right clothes because they need to be like warm, but they don't need to have like a perfectly outfitted, you know, million things and they need somewhere to sleep. Like, and I remember telling you that because it's like, it is scary when you're like thinking, you're like, I'm bringing a human into the world. What does this human need? It's like the beauty of a baby is they are basically a sack of potatoes that you carry around and like water. (laughs) (laughs) Like... They need food, they need a place to stay, and they they need enough to keep them warm. And so like what what I hope you hear in this like is that there is like what like when is enough enough as far as money goes? Like if you if you are prepared, if you want to have kids. If you don't, great. Like, you know, enjoy how you're spending your money, take that bath, buy that extra candle, enjoy your life. Like <laughs> but for those of you that are like trying to decide it really is at some point, like you have, like, you know, if not now, when, and like, when is enough enough? Like, yeah. yeah, it's, it's hard to make that decision and, you know, being responsible. Absolutely. But, you know, at some point it's there, there, like you're, you are more ready than you think at some point, you know? Yeah. There's, and there's like, there's like never enough money for you to feel secure. There's never enough money for you to feel prepared or whatever. At some point you're just kind of putting you're just kind of putting it off. But I remember when Carl and I were thinking about getting married and talking about getting married, I remember like my parents and I think his parents too asked us like how we were planning on supporting ourselves. And at the time we both had jobs, but like our jobs paid us like absolutely ridiculously little money. And so they just asked us, you know, how are you guys going to support yourselves? Which is kind of a crazy question because like when they got married, they didn't have anything. I feel like that's part of it. It's like when you get married, you don't like you're kind of scrounging and and but we had, you know, a good answer for them. But then, of course, three months before our wedding, we lost our jobs. So we like (laughs) both of us were totally unemployed when we got married. And that's just kind of the thing with kids, too, I think, is like you are making plans to the best of your ability, but there's just a lot you can't control, good and bad. So like, you have no idea that, you know, you're going to get a promotion. Like one of my closest friends got an awesome promotion like three weeks before her daughter was born. Like you don't, you can't plan for that. Yeah. And so you do, you do the best with what you have, but at some point, like you just have to jump. And that's, that's the conclusion that we came to. But I will say like, you know, so the next thing I was going to ask Kelsey is like, you know, it's really hard to plan for the timing of having kids because you get to just in to an extent, you get to decide when you want to start trying, not always the case, but you don't have any control really over like when it actually happens. And so I think for a lot of us, we end up sort of living with our life on hold for a really long time because we're like waiting for this thing to happen that just isn't happening. And one of the things that we did in the time while we were waiting, because it's really hard. Like waiting is just so hard, especially when you don't know when it's going to end. 
But one of the things that we did was we just tried to take care of some of the things that we didn't want to have to think about later. So we're like, you know, I think that being coming parents is going to be a big transition. We didn't totally know how true that was <laughs> for us specifically, but uh, we were like, you know, I think this is going to be a big transition. What are some of the things that we just don't want to be worrying about then? Um, and so it was things like paying off debt. You know, we had enough time before, you know, we just, before we started trying to have kids and then before it actually happened that we were able to like work quite a bit. And so we were able to, you know, put some money in savings. We were able to um, pay down some debt and like, so we were pay off, pay off debt. And so because of that, as we were, you know, trying to figure out like what in the heck we're doing as new parents, our finances weren't as much of a worry as they could have been if we hadn't done things that way. So there wasn't like a perfect point that we hit or that we were necessarily trying to hit, but there were things in all kinds of areas of our lives where we're like, well, I'd rather worry about this now than later. Or I'd rather like, while I have the time, I'd rather like, you know, I'd rather work on this instead of having to figure out how to keep a kid alive and how to figure like, while I have the time, I might as well. Does that make sense? Well, and I feel like totally it makes sense. And it's like, because I feel like that's how God's preparation works. Because I think as we are like praying and trying to figure out if we're ready, I feel like that's in in any of the waiting periods of life, right? Like if you feel like you want to get married and you're not yet, it's that same thing of like preparing yourself. It's like you don't stop and wait and like not go to work, not, you know, like you have to do all of those things still, you know, for every waiting period of life. Or like maybe you want like X job, but you have to do like five jobs in between to get there. It's like, you still have to like weather those jobs to get to that spot, whatever, you know, whatever life waiting period you're in. And I think like, I I guess I, am just thinking of how, like with becoming like preparing to become parents, it's like, that is God's preparation. It's like when you're like mixing the prayer with the like, okay, I'm all, we also would like to be more prepared financially. We'd like to be more, we'd like to be in a different, like, home or we've always wanted to live closer to our family. Like let's actually like move towards our family or whatever, whatever those like kind of steps are of like the, if not when it's like what, whatever that one is like, you get to start like working towards that one. And Mm -hmm. that's, and I feel like God meets you somewhere in that journey. Yeah. And I think too, like, again, with like God's timing, I feel like I just need to make like a quick shout out right now to the women that are like, you know, have been trying like for years and like have really wanted and desired this, that like, if like God is always preparing us for something and it might look completely different than what we have, you know, desired and thought about and all of that. And I think you really felt that too, during your like season of trying that like God never wastes the time. Like he, he is not a God of waste. He is a God of like abundance and he has ideas and plans for us that like, we could never even like dream of. And I think, I guess like to me, like when you were talking about that, I'm like, God like meets us in, in all of those weeding seasons. And he has like huge, massive plans for like everything he's preparing us for. Yeah. Yeah. And like, just kind of a side note, like the fact that you, you know, I think sometimes with singleness or with, you know, trying to get pregnant, we feel like people say like, well, God's prepared or God's like still working on your heart or something. And so then we take it as like, 
okay, so I must not be mature enough yet, or I must not be good enough. Like, or God would give me a baby or he would give me a husband or whatever. Like, it doesn't work like that. Like God can use everything. He does use everything. He brings goodness out of everything. But like the fact that I didn't get pregnant two years earlier, like, I mean, I still have, like, I have questions, you know, I want to, I'd love to ask him about it, but like, it wasn't because I wasn't good enough. And it's not because you're not good enough. There's one thing I wanted to say, or two things that I want to make sure not to miss. So when we're talking about, Kelsey, we're talking about like being emotionally and spiritually prepared for being a mom and that that's more important than like, I don't know, getting whatever, getting our closets cleaned up, which is another thing we did in the the midst of the waiting. Might as well Marie Kondo our whole lives. But one of the things that I think that I see the fruit of the most in my life, both as a wife from when I was single and, you know, for the hot second I've been a mom, is that the healthier I am mentally and spiritually and emotionally, the better wife I am and the better mom I am. And so one of the things that I really, really, really focused on in the time when we were waiting was like, was my mental health. Um, I spent a lot of time in counseling. I spent, because I, that's, it was in that period that all of my anxiety like came up when I started like really realizing how much I struggle with anxiety. And so I spent some like major, really good, really hard time in counseling And I see the fruit of that every day in my marriage, in my friendships, in my work, and as a mom. And I feel like that investment is going to be paying off for the rest of my life. For sure. And so I I just like, I think about that all the time, that the healthier we are, the healthier every other part of our lives is. And that that's so true with becoming a parent. I just, there is so much more like junk that I think I would have like, put on the girls or struggled with, with the girls or struggled with in myself. Like if I hadn't done that work ahead of time and also still like today is Wednesday, tomorrow's Thursday. Like I have counseling tomorrow Yeah, (laughs) because I like, I'm just such a fan of having extra help in our corner all the time, but it's been especially helpful for me in this whole transition of becoming a mom. Um, it's been just so helpful, but okay. So the other thing, other thing I wanted to say about like, the whole like hurry up and wait kind of thing. It's like you try to figure out this exact perfect timing of when you want to, because you have to, you don't have to, but a lot of us do have to decide like, okay, I'm actually going to start trying now. You know, like I'm going to stop preventing pregnancy and actually like hope that it happens. Um, We have to make that decision at some point. And it is really hard that you like have to, you make that decision and then you just sort of, wait. And like, it can feel like years of your life are just in this waiting pattern. And one of the things that I have thought about both with singleness and with, um, like waiting to become a mom is I like, when I got pregnant, I wanted my kid kids turns out to catch me like in the midst of living a really beautiful full life. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted them, I didn't want them to like find me waiting I wanted them to find me, like, I wanted them to interrupt something, you know, like I wanted them to like break in and, and like catch me in the act. Like the merge lane. Yes. Like, you know, you're like, you're driving down your highway and they are just like another merge lane. Yeah. I didn't want them to find me in the parking lot. Yeah. (laughs) And one of the things that's been so cool, this is maybe like one of the, this is one of the coolest things that's happened in my life. So Carl and I have 
or in our old house, we need to put them up in our new house. We had these like picture frames that have just silly photos of us. It's basically like kind of an Instagram photo wall. Um, but there's probably, I don't know, 40 square pictures. And they're all, they're not like our style, like professional, you know, or like engagement photos or anything like that. They're yeah. like ridiculous. And just from some, so many of our adventures and just different fun things that we've done since we've been married. And for some reason, little Annie is so obsessed with them. Aww. And she just stares at them and laughs and looks at all the different pictures and smiles. And she'll like be sitting on the floor and like look up at them and she'll want you to pick her up and like like hold her in front of them. And so I finally got a picture of Carl holding her and it's Annie from the back, like looking at all these photos, but she's spent hours looking at these photos of us. And I I don't know what she's seeing. Like it's probably just the bright colors or maybe she recognizes us or something, but I, that's what I wanted. I wanted my kids to, to, I wanted to have stories to tell them of like what I did by myself before I even met their dad and what Carl and I did while we were married. And I just, that's what I wanted. I wanted them to like catch me in the act of living a really beautiful full life. And so that's, that's a lot of what I thought about when, when we were waiting was like, if this takes another month or if this takes another 10 years, like, what do I want to be able to tell the girls that I did with this time? Yeah, for sure. Kelsey, people talk a lot about how marriage impact or how uh, having kids impacts your marriage. Can we talk about this real quick? I can. I feel like I'm, you know, so I have a five and three-year-old. So I feel like I can, you know, somewhat look back. I can at least look back for sure on like the early years of, you know, like a newborn or even like a very small toddler and a newborn and have, you know, a different perspective. I'm for sure, uh, you know, not out of the young kids woods yet. Um, I think the biggest thing that has been a huge gift for Tyler and I to each other is constant grace. And I mean, like heaps and heaps and heaps of grace, because, uh, I would say, even if you are an extremely patient person, parenthood is a real is really trying. I mean, you go from having complete autonomy, your whole, your whole like childhood into adulthood is you gaining more and more autonomy, more freedom, more ability, you know, to do your own thing. And then you have kids and it's like you go backwards in time where it's like, I mean, these little humans like dictate, like they tell you when they need food, they tell you when they need to be changed. They, you know, like your time is kind of on their, is on their clock. And it's for, for me, at least it was really challenging. Uh, that was the biggest, I would say, adjustment period for Tyler and I was, I would say first when Bodhi was born and then of course, again, a new, it, it was different, but a new adjustment period when Jace was born. And what I would say for our marriage that we needed from each other the most, and we look back now and we're like, so grateful to each other is just constant grace. Like when I'm frustrated, he picks up the slack and vice versa instead of getting mad at the other person and being like, almost just being like kind of like another thing to come against you. It's like heaps of grace, like kindness, you know, helping each other doing like, I mean, truly just like going the extra mile. And I think Tyler, I mean, Tyler just showed me so much grace when I felt like 
I mean, I just didn't feel like myself. I had, you know, I had vaginal births. So I'm like feeling like my body is completely changed. I'm in pain. Like, you know, I breastfed. So like, you know, I'm like, my boobs are like not even my own. (laughs) Like, sorry to get real here for a second, but it's just like, I just felt like a whole new person. And I was like, is this what life is now? Like, and I don't mean that in a good way. (laughs) Like I was like, is this life now? Like, I don't love this. And I want, and I was even ready, you know, in my head, I'm like, I was even ready for this, but I look at it now and it's like all of the, like, you know, you're like falling in love with this baby, you know, every day a little bit more. And then you're also like, a whole new person. And I just think all you need is more grace than you've ever given yourself and you've ever given your spouse, like ever in your life. And just assuming that the other person needs more from you and not, I don't mean like, Oh, like give one more thing. Like you can, you can extend grace at any moment, not necessarily do another thing, but like, cause obviously we just hit our limits, but you can always extend more grace and be like, I assume the best in you, even though I can tell you're having a hard time right now. And so, you know, Steph has heard me say this like a million times. These will not be the sexiest years of your life. Like you're especially like I would say the first year, like your body, if you carried your babies, you know, some people adopt and it'll still change you in a different way. But, you know, for those of us that carried our children, it's like your body is different. Your time is different. I mean, just who you are as a person is different. And it's really scary And it it can be really scary. Maybe some people were more ready than me, I guess. I don't know, (laughs) but it can just be really scary. And I would just say giving yourself that time to adjust and, and start fresh. And that you get to learn who you are as a person. You get to learn who your spouse is as a parent and person. And, um, I don't know, I look at it now and like, we have a five and three-year-old and I'm like, I love watching Tyler parent. I mean, he is like, a dream to watch because neither of us, I would say were like the, we always wanted newborn babies. Like we were kind of like, we just wanted like the, the older kids that you can like play with and go do stuff with. Like that's more, not that we didn't, obviously we like loved our babies, but that's more kind of what we looked forward to as parents and getting to see him like, you know, teach Bodie baseball and, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's just a total, I feel like sometimes I'm like, these are the, these are like the dreamy days and getting to see him like, just be this like amazing parent helps me be a better parent too, which is why I think it's, you know, really critical that we marry great people. (laughs) Yeah. In the last few years, I've prioritized purchasing food products with higher quality ingredients for my family and myself. Products that have more of the real stuff and less of the fake stuff. And it's been so much easier to make that happen since I found Thrive Market. Thrive Market is my new go-to for buying groceries and household items like vitamins and personal care products. The best part is I can order everything online from my sofa and it's quickly shipped right to my doorstep, saving me so much time. If this is your first time hearing about them, Thrive Market only carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They actually restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, making it so much easier to maintain a healthier lifestyle. You can even use their on-site filters to fit your lifestyle needs. For example, you can look for low sugar alternatives, gluten-free items, or organic kid snacks. 
They have Annie's, Once Upon a Farm, and Dave's Organic Bread, all staples in our weekly grocery trip. But they also have brands and products I've never heard of, which is awesome because I'm always looking for healthy and delicious things to feed the girls and myself. Thrive Market is not only a one-stop shop for basically everything on my grocery list, but it gave me tons of ideas for products I didn't even know about. And by becoming a Thrive Market member, I save money on all of my grocery orders. Along with saving money, you're also helping a family in need with Thrive Market's one-for-one membership matching program. So if you join, they give. Friends, I seriously look forward to my Thrive Market box every time. They have an incredible product selection with brands that are better for you and for the planet. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash girlsnight for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash girlsnight. Thrivemarket.com slash girlsnight. Something you may not know about me is that I'm fairly particular when it comes to fragrances, especially the ones I have in my home. Don't get me wrong, I love lighting candles, but a lot of the ones I've found in stores have overpowering scents and use chemicals that end up giving me a headache. Plus, I learned that the candle industry contributes to a large amount of carbon emissions and toxicity in our air. That's why I've recently made the switch to Notes Candles which also happens to be today's Girls' Night sponsor. I love notes because their scents are high quality but don't smell overly sweet or chemically. But what's even more amazing is that they are on a mission to help eliminate single-use candle vessels with their more earth-friendly option. Did you know that there are almost 2 billion candles sold each year? And almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? Talk about wasteful. But thankfully, Notes does things differently with their refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessels again and again and again. I love this because it's way more sustainable than buying a new candle jar every time you go to the store, and you don't have to feel guilty about throwing your old candle jars in the trash. Plus, it's so easy to do and actually really fun. You just place the wick they provide you in your reusable Notes jar, fill it up with their wax beads, light your candle, and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. Once you're ready for a new candle, you just repeat the same steps. They have 13 incredible fragrances to choose from, which are all handcrafted by fragrance experts at Notes Home Base in South Carolina. I am obsessed with their vanilla and pepperwood scent. It's cozy and warm and perfect for a movie night with your friends. But they also have other amazing fragrances like citrus and fresh basil, pistachio and rose water, and bamboo and water lily. I cannot wait to try one for every new season. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to Notes. Make the switch and build a starter kit. Right now, Notes is giving listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy a Notes starter kit using code GIRLSNIGHT at notescandle.com slash girlsnight. Just use code GIRLSNIGHT when placing your order. That's code GIRLSNIGHT at notescandle.com slash girlsnight.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Does anyone else feel like they could use more time in the day? There are things you want to accomplish, places you want to go, people you want to connect with, but it feels like you're always falling behind. Something I'm learning recently, well, always, is that none of us can do it all. We all have to figure out what's most important to us, but doing that alone can feel scary and overwhelming. Well, friends, this is one reason why I've come to love therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. You're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. You frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. You really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing I don't have to. I am at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing, that is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, that's easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the therapist you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're looking to sort through your priorities this year, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Learn to make time for what's most important with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash friendship. This is something we've been talking about a lot because obviously we're still in the first year. And I feel like in a lot of ways, and I'll have way more perspective on this at some point, but like the first handful of months were really hard on our marriage. I would say mostly because they were just really hard on us as individuals. Yeah. And that's the thing that like, I feel like maybe what I needed more of or less of in the beginning was like a critical eye on our marriage. Like, and the critical eye was only from me. Like I was looking at us because people say that they say like having kids changes your marriage or whatever. So I'm looking at our marriage, like, how are we doing? And I'm like, this doesn't look so great. Mostly because like, we're so tired. We can't even like look each other in the eye. Like we were just barely hanging on. Yeah. Shells of humans. (laughs) Absolutely. Exactly that. We were shells of humans. And so I feel like our marriage was like a shell of itself. And I was looking at it like, like, are we doing okay? But like, I I needed no examination at that point. Like I just needed all the kindness in the world and all the reminders, which you gave me so many that like, when you are a shell of a human, like your marriage is a shell of itself also. Like two shells doesn't equal 
what it did before. And like, you always would tell me, especially in the beginning that we were just like in the thick of it. Like we were in the gauntlet and you would always say that. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and I like, I didn't believe you because I had never had kids and had it not feel like, oh, and not, I'd never had kids and like gotten sleep before. Um, I'd only been doing this for like a couple of weeks or a couple of months. And it really was so, so challenging, but you would constantly remind me like, it will not be this way forever. And I, I, couldn't believe it myself. I just had to take your word for it. And like, you would tell me every day. And I feel like that was the truth for me as an individual. That was true for me as like, and so that therefore that was true in our marriage. Also, like Carl and I were more, we, it challenged us more than anything ever has in our whole lives. And so therefore there was like nothing left for us to, I don't know, like invest in each other. We were just getting through every day. But, you know, the other thing that you said about that too was just like, this won't last forever. And that's been really cool to see is that like with every passing day, I feel more and more like myself, like physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, I just feel more and more like normal. And Carl is like more and more like normal. And then we are more and more like normal. And obviously we're like changed in really cool ways too. But like, I feel like we have enough sleep under our belt. And like, I don't know, we just, we have enough extra to get to be like best friends again. You know, yeah. like we, we are, we are us again because I feel like I'm me again. And it, but it just yeah. took a little while to get there. Yeah. I mean, it's, you literally introduced like two new humans into the world and it's just a challenging season. And, uh, I think you and I both have this aversion to the word hard And because people will just throw the word hard onto anything and it feels so ambiguous and scary and you just don't even know what it means. You know, it's like, oh, marriage is hard. And it's like, so that's all it is. Like, it's just hard. Like, you you don't recommend it or like, yeah, it's hard. Like, I don't know. And like people like, yeah, parenting is hard. And it's like, I don't know. I just really, I really struggle with that. And I'm like, both marriage and having children is just it's complicated and it's complex and it's, you know, so that is like, it comes with good and hard. Yes. Hard is included in that, but it never comes without all the other amazing parts of it, you know? And so I think at least for me, I just always encourage, you know, you know, future moms, you know, like whether that's like 10 years from now or, you know, five days from now, but also like current moms where it's like, you can't see past your nose right now. Like when you have like a newborn and like these days will be over before you know it in like the best way and like the saddest way. And I'm still, I mean, honestly, like I'm still fresh enough out of it where I'm like, if you like told me today I was nine months pregnant and having a baby tomorrow, I'm like, I'd be like, I got to like, I got to prepare for this. Like, because it is, it is like truly a gauntlet. And I think sometimes you were like, oh my gosh, I don't need to hear that again. Like <laughs> you were like, just tell me like the good stuff that's to come because I need, I need more encouragement and less like realness at this point. Um, but it's like, I, again, like I like look at our life right now and I'm like, there are just some dreamy moments right now. And I'm like, this is like, we like ran the marathon and we're getting like we're at like the runner's high stage right now. You know, like it's just so much fun. There was a moment on my birthday, which actually this is a fun fact. I don't know if we've said this before, but Kelsey and I are almost twins. 
we almost share a birthday. Kelsey's birthday is May 16th and mine is May 15th. And so we always celebrate together. Yeah. But so there's a moment on our birthday last year. So the girls were like maybe six months old. And um, this at this time, they were having a really hard time napping. So they were sleeping through the night, but they weren't napping very well. And we would like... I don't know, we'd lay them down thinking that they were going to nap for like an hour and then they'd wake up 15 minutes later, which meant we got enough time to like make half a sandwich and run to the bathroom. And then we were like back on the clock. And it just was really, it was just a really, it was a really tough thing. And I remember one, we had split them up at this point. They sleep together now and they slept together at night um, in the same room, not in the same crib, but we for a while had them in different rooms to nap. And so I had Quinn in my closet in a, in like a pack and play and I'm rocking her to sleep. I'm trying to get her to take a nap and she's like crying and kind of wrestling me. And I'm sitting there, it's my birthday. And I'm thinking, this is not what I wanted to do on my birthday. Like, this is not my dream birthday by any stretch of the imagination. Like, this is not what I wanted for my birthday. And I'm feeling like pretty disappointed about it. But then she falls asleep in my arms. And so I'm standing there like, in my PJs in the middle of the day, holding this sleeping baby in my closet. And I just, it's probably the clearest I feel like God has like spoken to me in a really long time. Just all of a sudden in my head was this phrase that it won't be like this forever. Mm-hmm. And to me, it inst- instantly meant two things. It meant one, like your next birthday will not, you will not have to stand in your closet rocking a baby on your next birthday. Like you can do something <laughs> slightly more fun on your next birthday, but also like these days, these sweet, you're holding a tiny baby in your closet. Like she just fell asleep in your arms moment. Like this is really hard. So like, I promise you it will not last forever. Like it won't be like this forever, but also savor this because while there are really hard parts of this, there are really sweet parts of this. And those won't like, yeah, this is a special thing. You don't want to miss this. Yeah. And that was just like, honestly, a really great birthday present to hear that. Kelsey, I want to ask you one more question before we go. And I want to know, like, what was one or two of the things that you were most scared of when it came to having kids? You know, like when you're like, okay, this is happening. What were a couple of your big fears, like about the way your life would change or your body or your friendships or, you know, whatever. And if you could go back and tell yourself something, like now that you've experienced it, like, what would you go back and tell yourself about those things? Yeah. So I think the first would be that your life, like this is me talking to myself, like your life isn't over. And I think probably partially because we had both of our pregnancies happen in timing that we didn't want. I felt this, I felt like a pang of resentment about the fact that like, I didn't have like a choice in when it was happening. And that like, that would just be life with kids that like, Mm. I would just kind of be at their beck and call and at their whim. And I think again, like I said, in the early days, it kind of feels like that. But I think looking back on it now, what I would say is like, yes, it like, yes, it does like, you know, change. But we get to have so much more of a say in it. And I think that's what's so cool about having kids. I have loved the fact that like, you know, so for Tyler's parents, 60th birthdays, we got to go to Hawaii. We were like, I feel like so blessed by the fact that we got to spend like 10 days with Tyler and my amazing family, Tyler, you know, Tyler's side, 
and um, my kids are so loved. And I got to, we got to show them turtles and like just like we had like it was just like a dream, like a total dream. Like every I felt like every minute of every day was like this is this is a dream. <laughs> like I am gonna wake up and be like, oh, it actually wasn't that great. <laughs> it like you know like no, I am in Hawaii. This is amazing. And getting to see the world through their eyes is like, like yesterday, adjust your plans. Absolutely. But it's like worth every second with them. Mm-hmm. And just getting to see like the world through fresh eyes is just a, such a unique and amazing experience. And then I would say the second piece of uh, like encouragement I wish I could have told myself is that similar to kind of my encouragement about choosing like when it's choosing to rest. And that's probably more encouragement for, you know, people who are now moms that are listening. But I would also like to throw that on our, like the listeners that, that are not yet moms or it it doesn't even matter like where you're at in life, but choosing to rest like that. It's okay to take care of ourselves. And that a lot of days, maybe like you were saying, like I didn't get out of my pajamas and maybe I didn't even brush my teeth and probably didn't get a shower and probably only ate carbs. And like the list goes on and on of like how I did as, you know, as a person, but it's like, it was enough and it was good. And I deserved rest from it. And, um, I just think I was, especially in the earlier days, I was pretty hard on myself about like keeping my house nice, like keeping dishes going, keep like, you know, just thing after thing, you know, that list of like, that sits in the back of your head for some of us where you're like, I'm not measuring up. And I think, um, I actually think, I don't think there are a lot of times in our life that we know we measure up. I think we have to fake it till we make it. I think we have to be like, I measure up today. I'm choosing to take rest. I think it's a choice, I guess, essentially. And I wish I I would tell myself now to take a lot more choices to choose rest. Again, that goes for everyone, not just, not just the moms out there, but for all of us, I think there's a lot of times that we as humans don't choose to give ourselves that grace with rest. So Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, and it's interesting because I'm not actually on the other side of this yet, but like I can see enough that I think that I can like, and also you promised, like you promised me so many times (laughs) that these things were true. So I think, um, and gosh, this is like a whole podcast episode in itself. When it came to having kids, I don't know if I even like talked about the thing that I was most scared of, but it's, it's a similar, it's a theme in my life. Like this is why I was scared of marriage too. This is why these were like my biggest hesitations about, you know, becoming a Christian. Like I, any giant thing that I've done in my life, for some reason, as I'm approaching it, I picture it in my head that I have to do it or that like, this is, this can only look one way. And I don't know where I get these ideas of what it looks like because they're not from anyone I actually know. Like when I was approaching marriage, all of a sudden I was like, well, when people get married, all of a sudden you resent each other and you're not even friends anymore and you don't like each other very much and you just bicker all the time. And like, that's what marriage is. Yeah. And like, I remember Carl being like, where did you get that idea? Like, do your parent are your parents like that? And I'm like, no. And he's like, do you know anyone's marriage who's like that? And I'm like, no. And I think it's honestly like a combination of like random sitcoms and movies and like stereotypes that I just mesh into my head. And then all of a sudden, this is what marriage has to look like. Yeah. And again, I don't know why I do that, but it's like a very, very real thing for me. And so as I as I was approaching marriage, one of the most freeing things was realizing that like, 
Carl is still Carl and I'm still me. And marriage can look like a lot of different things and we get to choose. Like for, in in so many ways, we get to decide. It gets to look like us. Um, And that was actually so important and so freeing in my relationship with God too, that it's like becoming a Christian isn't like putting on one size fits all shoes. It's like you get, you're still you and God knows you and made you and loves you. And you get to like interact with him as you, you don't have to become someone else. And that was really my biggest fear in motherhood too, was that I would be just this like, like exhausted, resentful person who like lost herself in, you know, taking care of these kids and that that would be my life for the rest of my life. And I just didn't want what I pictured it to be. And so one of the things that I think was so powerful about getting to watch you go first is that I got to see you still be you. And I got to still, I got to watch, like watch your life not be over. Yeah. Um, And that's been like so powerful. And I think a, a specific piece of that is that, you know, we've talked about this on the show some, but like my, one of my greatest passions in life is travel. And mm-hmm. I just, I feel like I am my best self and I think my best thoughts and God works in me in just his very best ways when I'm someplace else. Yeah. And every time someone would find out that I love to travel, they would say, well, do it now because once you have kids, that all stops. And that was like a very, it was like a very specific thing that just absolutely terrified me. But it was like kind of a part of a bigger whole where it was like the things that you used to care about, you don't get to care about anymore once you have kids. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting the timing of when we did have kids because I have, I mean, I've been on a plane once in almost two years which has never been the case for me before, but we got pregnant, like, I mean, a week after everything shut down for COVID. Um, yeah. So we've been basically under lockdown the whole time I was pregnant. And then, I mean, life has been so different for the last, the, the whole time the girls have been alive. And so in a lot of ways, like my travel part of my life has been very much put on hold, but actually not as much because of the girls, more because of... Yeah, it just would have been anyway. Yeah, it would have been anyway. And so I think that's actually been really helpful that it wasn't like just entirely because of them. But even if if that wasn't a thing, like I, I've i been less inclined to like, you know, take our circus on the road because we, you know, <laughs> it's it sounds intimidating to like, I feel like we've just gotten a, a hang, gotten the hang of life here at our house yeah. to like take it someplace else sounds, sounds hard, right? Or has sounded hard. But more and more, I'm getting to see that like, we really do get to decide the kind of parents we want to be. And we get to make choices as a family and I get to make choices as an individual and Carl and I get to make choices as a couple. And I mean, I've gotten to see so many of my friends, you especially, Kels, like live life creatively and make intentional decisions for your family and still be you. And that's been so good for me to see because that's reminded me even like, especially in moments when I can't really see it for myself, that like, I still get to be me. And I'm feeling that more and more every day that that we get to make our family look like us. And then the travel thing is is cool because, um, you know, we're still very much in the thick of, of this with COVID. And so, so travel is different, but like actually in two weeks, we're uh, going on our first family vacation with the whole Wilson crew. Um, and that's going to be really fun. And, and I actually feel like we're ready to do that. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like, I don't know, the girls are a lot more adaptable than I expected them to be. Mm -hmm. Like they're just, they're really, it's really fun to take them places. 
And then hopefully at the end of this month, uh, our families are traveling together. Yeah, I'm so excited. So it's so I, I'm not totally on the other side of like my biggest fears about parenthood, but they don't scare me as much as they used to by any stretch of the imagination. And a lot of it is because I'm starting to see little glimmers of light. And also because I've gotten to see just like a ton of light in, in your life, Kels. So I'm really grateful well, for that. Thank you. Thanks for loving my kids the way you do. I do. I love them a ton. You guys, thank you so much for, for being here and for listening and for being part of this. I hope that this is encouraging. And Kels, I love how you said at the beginning that like, if you decide you don't want to have kids, like you do not have to, you do not have to. Oh. If that's what you need to hear today, I hope that that just feels so freeing. There's so many other things that you can do in your life and with your life. And this is, this is not an imperative. Yeah. But I also really like that you, you know, you and I really do hate the word hard. Like, don't just yeah. say it's hard. That's so unhelpful. And so I hope that like everyone listening has gotten to hear just, I think like we're okay with it being hard. Like looking forward at life, we're okay with it being hard. We just need a little more detail than that. Yeah. And like, we need, we just need a fuller picture, both of what is hard, but also what makes this thing so worth doing. And so I hope that that's like what this conversation has been able to do. It's been a huge blessing to get to come back on and encourage everybody just in wherever they're at. So I agree. I hope it was really encouraging. Kels, would you just pray for us just to close us out? I would absolutely love to. Jesus, thank you so much for this time that I got to spend with my best friend and with all these other friends. And God, I pray for each person and where they're at on their journey in this, you know, in this life, but also in regards to kids and for the hurt and the pain that sits there and for the joy that also sits there. I pray um, just that you would encourage each person wherever they are at. And God, we just pray that your abundance would abound and that um, our scarcity mindset would just go away and that we can live a life that is full with you in each aspect of our lives and um, just quit wasting our life with the with the scarcity. We love you so much and we're grateful for this time we got to spend with you and each other. Amen. Amen. You guys, isn't Kelsey amazing? She is seriously one of my favorite people in the entire world and I'm so, so glad that I got to share her with you. Now, don't forget that if you ever want to find any of the links for anything we talk about in our Girls' Night episodes, you can always find those over in our show notes. Just head over to girlsnightpodcast.com and you can find everything there. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode, but we have so much good stuff ahead this season. And with that in mind, now is the perfect time to make sure you're subscribed. Subscribing to the show is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. I won't send you an email or anything. It'll just make sure your phone downloads the latest episode when a new one's released. And I did want to take a quick second to ask you guys a favor. If you enjoyed this episode or if you've been a Girls' Night fan for a while now, would you take just two quick seconds to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? Those reviews help out our podcast so much and it really would mean the world to me. So if you take two quick seconds to do that, I would be so grateful. Friends, thank you so much for joining me for Girls' Night and I will see you next week.